Welcome to LifeWords. This is episode 10 of our weekly chat. It's LifeWords Q&A with David Ray and Andrew Morris. Uh, it's a weekly catch-up where we talk about the intersection between life and faith and some really difficult questions and then some simple kind of questions, but we're doing life together. David, welcome to uh, the studios of LifeWords again. Thank you very much, Andrew. Good to be here. So uh, today's uh, episode, we've got another three questions from people. And if you're enjoying uh, the weekly podcast, please send us a question if you've got something on your mind. The email address is lifewords at hopemedia.com.au. Our first question, David, is uh, I have a friend whose baby sadly died soon after birth. She's really worried about whether her little girl will be in heaven or not. What can I say to her? Well, Andrew, I would say very bluntly and directly, strongly reassure that friend that her baby is safe with Jesus. Now, I would not be quoting specific verses to back that up, but let me just explain why I'm so emphatic on that, that a baby is safe with Jesus. You see, we miss out on heaven because we rebel against God. Um, but the baby hasn't done that. The baby hasn't had a chance to do that. Now, of course, once the infant grows up, we know that that's the way things turn out. They do turn from God. But God doesn't judge us on what we might have done, but on what we've actually done. So I would say that 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 when she, that baby's not going to miss out on heaven because they haven't actually had the opportunity to really consciously rebel against God. Um, and, and, and also, I'd want to be arguing from the point of view of God who is rich in mercy. Some people have got this idea of God sternly being a gatekeeper in heaven, um, making sure that um, the undesirables stay out. Well, yeah, some not everyone's going to go to heaven. But God is rich in mercy and wants all to be saved. I'd like, the, I'd like the default mode of God not to be putting up his hand saying, you can't get to heaven, but hey, come, come and join in eternal life. Uh, so this God who is rich in mercy and wants all to be saved, I scarcely think that he's going to be uh, uh, rejecting such an infant. And, and when we look at um, God in the person of Jesus, what was Jesus doing with little children? He wasn't sort of sternly saying to them, hey, look, fellas, uh, you're terrible sinners. And uh, boy, when you grow up, you're going to be really bad people. No, what does he do? He actually embraces them without hesitation. So I would really want to assure such people as that their their, their little infant is 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 safe with Jesus. That's that's not easy consolation. I know that because they'd want the per, the little baby to be with them here. But I don't want their grief and sadness to be complicated by any anxiety about the little baby's spiritual state. I think that just makes things even worse. Thanks for clearing that up, David. Uh, our second question. Now, this question, I'm sure we've had this uh, in different forms and guises over the, the 10 episodes that we've had so far. It's, do I have to go to church to be a Christian, David? Well, many people claim to be Christians and don't go to church. Um, first of all, we've got to be clear on what, what a Christian is, and I suppose if you can have a potted summary of it is someone who trusts in the mercy of Jesus for right standing with God. Um, ritual and observance are, are secondary. So, of course, you don't have to go to church to become a Christian. Um, going to church doesn't make you a Christian, just as going into a garage doesn't make you a car. I mean, it's, it's not quite as straightforward as that. But look, I, I don't think that question is framed quite the right way. I'd rather frame it another way. Does going to church help me live as a Christian? 
And that's a different matter. Do I have to go to church to be a Christian? No, no, you don't. Uh, some people actually, through their physical circumstances, can't go to church anyway. Um, so you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. But, but rather look at it another way. Does going to church help me live as a Christian? And I think the Bible gives a positive answer to that. Yeah, the Bible says you only grow in relationship with God and Jesus by being with other people. And other people, in the Christian sense, are the church. I guess, David, uh, church has uh, somewhat changed over the last um, maybe couple of decades. I mean, there's church in the pub, there's church in the cafe, there's church in the car park. I mean, what is church and and its various forms these days? Well, well, well the church, yes, that's, that's a very good point because, uh, you see, when I say you need to be part of a church in order to be growing as a Christian, I think the Bible tells me that, I'm not saying you've got to pop along to the local um, um, sandstone building on the corner on a Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. I'm not saying that because church, as you said, can take various forms. Some Christians meet with other Christians on Wednesday night. Some, as you say, meet in a pub. Others meet in a cafe and so on. So uh, we're not talking here about denominations and formal church services and church buildings. Most Christians will go to a particular building and will go for certain formal observances, and that's very good. But I don't think I want to be too precise on that because there are there are there are different expressions of church, and the important thing is let, let's put the word church to one side for a moment. Do I have to meet with other Christians in order to grow as a Christian? And I would say yes. Whether you do that on Wednesday or whether you do it on Sunday or whether you do it in a group of uh, 500 Christians or five Christians becomes secondary um, because the important thing is, are you meeting with other Christians or are you, sadly, some people do this proudly withdrawing, saying, I haven't I haven't seen a church that I really want to be part of. All the other Christians I meet get on my nerves, so I will just withdraw into splendid isolation and grow in Jesus alone. You can't do that. Well, I was going to ask you that. Uh, what's Jesus say about uh, the importance of community? I mean, uh, some objections about churches, you know, people are a pain in the backside. Um, I'd rather just sort of do it myself. You know, do it, the Christian life, does it have to be surrounded in community? Yes, because Jesus doesn't save us. The whole Bible is not concerned about just the salvation of individuals. It's the salvation of individuals within a community. That was true in the Old Testament, the nation of Israel. And it was true in the New Testament too, where Jesus called a group of disciples together. And those disciples were rubbing one another up the wrong way uh, from time to time. But Jesus wants us to, as it were, gather together. Uh, and of course, the, the Apostle Paul and others go on later in the New Testament to um, re-emphasize that. Because the, the the whole idea of a solo flying Christian is just a contradiction in terms. Uh, yes, you are an individual, and yes, your faith is deeply personal, but it's not at all private. You need the benefit of other people to build you up in faith. But let's not ignore the important other part of that is that they need you. Because if you're withdrawing from church, however you define church and however it's expressed, uh, you're in fact saying to people, I'm not going to contribute what I can contribute, I'm going to withdraw. And you might be impoverishing their life uh, by your withdrawal. And, 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 and um, you might be impoverished 
by withdrawal as well because again we grow in relationship um, with one another and yes 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 of course we're going to get fed up with the church but Jesus says to love your enemies and to forgive those who hurt you and uh, to try and retreat into some isolation or try to find a perfect group is just a, a recipe for frustration and disappointment God wants us to live in community with the other imperfect people as an imperfect person ourselves and help us to grow through that. So getting back to the original question, do I have to go to church to be a Christian? Let's reframe it. You grow best as a Christian by meeting with other Christians. Is it hard? You bet it's hard. But I think that's the way the Bible wants us to be. In future episodes, we'll have to talk about conflict resolution and dealing with difficult people, David. Um, you're listening to episode 10 of LifeWords Q&A with David Ray. If you've got a question, you can email us, lifewords at hopemedia.com.au. Now, our final question for today's episode. All um, Are all sins equally bad in the sight of God? I was told that if I claimed a tax exemption wrongly, I was just as bad as an adulterer or a murderer. David. What's your take on this question? Oh, well, that's one of those lovely questions where you have to say, well, yes and no are all sins equally bad in the sight of God. Um, it's yes in the sense that um, God's standard is 100%. And if I am 99% good, um, then I've fallen short. Um, being 99% good is not good enough. You see, Jesus had to come and die for us because 99% good was not good enough. Most of us we, who are listening to this program might consider ourselves 60% good, 70% good, you know, 80% good even. But that's not good enough because we need perfection. And so any sin, large or small, keeps us from God. You break a little bit of the law and you're a lawbreaker. There's no doubt about that. So, 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 so yes, 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 all sins are equally um, all sins will equally keep us from the perfect presence of God, unless, of course, we've embraced Jesus. But the problem with the question is that there is another side to it, because not all sins have the same human or earthly consequences. You see, to fudge our tax returns, that's not right. Is, is claiming a, a tax exemption wrong a sin? Yes, yes it is. It keeps you from God. Yes, 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 you need to repent and, and, and receive God's forgiveness on that. Yes, yes, yes. But it won't have the same disastrous effect as adultery or murder. Um, God will be displeased with both categories and each requires penitence and mercy from him. But there'll be differences in earthly outcomes. You see, it, when Jesus was talking in the Sermon on the Mount, say, for example, about lust and adultery, I can lust after a woman and bear no particular material consequences from it. But if I commit adultery, uh, I'll lose my job yeah. <laughs> and a lot, 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 lots more beside. So you see, Jesus is not saying anger and murder are the same or lust and adultery are exactly the same because they're not in terms of consequence. But each, is got, each causes a problem of estrangement with God. So God will be displeased no matter what sin we commit. Each requires penitence and mercy, but there'll be differences in terms of earthly outcomes. David, uh, we've got natural consequences of of. of of sins, if you like, whether it's adultery, there it might not be illegal, but there's some natural consequences if you're found out and stuff. But also, even if you're not found out, there'll be some breakdowns of relationships and stuff. Yes, that's right. But then, yes, there's justice as well, where the where the the, the law of the, our society comes in and says, well, you know. There's a natural justice to be served there. Yes, that's that's right. I mean, crime and sin are not exactly the same. Um, as you said, regarding adultery or envy, enviousness or covetousness and so on, um, 
that's not a crime, but it would be regarded as a sin. So, so the the, the point I think we, where we differentiate is: are all sins equally bad? Well, yes, in the sense that all would keep us estranged from God, even the smallest ones. But not they're not all equal in any way in terms of their earthly consequences. And 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 I'm sure I'm, I'm perhaps I don't want to put words into God's mouth here, but I'm sure that God would prefer us to have some uh, anger towards someone and repent of it than actually murder someone. I mean, I I think that's stating the obvious. So, David, thank you very much for joining us uh, for this episode of Life Words. Again, if you've got a question for David, and uh, this has sparked some uh, questions, today's uh, conversation, please email us, lifewords at hopemedia.com.au. Till we meet next time, have a great week. Thank you.